Hey everyone, this is one of your hosts, Ian Stewart. And before we get started with today's episode, I want to ask a favor of you. We would love to be able to share the Experience Birthed podcast with more people so we can connect more people to the community and feature more businesses. The best way to do this is through you leaving us a review. On whatever podcast platform you listen on, we would love if you could leave us a five-star review and a few thoughts. In doing this, we're going to enter you to win some free Birthed Bucks. What are Birthed Bucks, you ask? Well, they are free money to almost any business in the town of Birthed. And when we say entered to win, we don't mean one in every hundred thousand wins some birthed bucks, but we have a lot of these that we want to give away. So leave us a review and we'll announce the winners throughout our next few episodes. Thank you for taking the time to support our great community and the great businesses and organizations that are a part of it. Now let's get started with today's episode. You're listening to the Experience Birthed Podcast, where we connect you with the birthed community and the surrounding area. You'll hear from local businesses and community leaders so you can be better connected with your community and support local right here in Bertha, Colorado. So get ready and let's experience Bertha together. Welcome to the Experience Birthed Podcast. My name is Ian Stewart. I am your host, and welcome to another cold, cold day here in Colorado. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Melissa Feldbush. Hello, Ian. How's it going? It's going well. And we have uh, Tracy Briggs, uh, the Birthed Museum Director, here on the show today. Uh, We're excited. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what what is your role, and and tell us about all the museum uh, activity we have here in Birthed. Well, I am the museum's director, and I am employed by the Birthed Historical Society. It's um, it's an interesting relationship where we're sort of one and the same. Um, I guess that's not usually the case with historical societies and museums. But Birthed is small, and it works. And um, on a normal year, we have all sorts of activities and events. That's great. I know I've been to some of those uh, concerts at the at the historical museum there in the courtyard. Those are always fun they summer events. They are great. <laughs> they are great. I have always um, I've always been on the job at the concerts, so I'm working, but I have a blast. I really enjoy it. Um, our summer 2019 program, we had some of the best, probably some of the best music we've had, and. Um, huge attendance and it's always just a really nice opportunity to to catch up with people mm-hmm. people are catching up with each other we're catching up with people we haven't seen for a while and it's it's just a lot of fun that's great can't so, wait till that gets back to normal i, I am <laughs> really looking forward to it so aside from concerts what are some of those other events that on a normal year you guys would have well it's interesting you know the historical society is largely volunteer driven and it's not, it's not a very large society, but, but uh, at the same time it is. And the amount of um, community outreach, the amount of work and museums and history-related history work that has um, gone on over the years, given our size, is just, it's just astonishing what this volunteer group can produce. Um, we start in... May, it's the Saturday before uh, Mother's Day, we have our annual plant sale. Uh, That one will be virtual this year, sort of a curbside delivery. Uh, You order your plants and come and pick them up. Um, And we just roll right through the summer there um, in May on an average year. And I'm I'm gonna speak as though it's 2019 again, I guess. (laughs) Um, We will host 
usually it's about six second grade classes. It depends on how big. We have Ivy Stockwell and Bertha L here, elementary here in town. And depending on how many classes they have, uh, we might have as many as six classes come through, which we then break into um, three different groups. So by the time we're finished with our tour, and our tour is at the museum here on Mountain Avenue and then also at the McCarty Fickle House, um, we have each hosted 18 individual groups of excited, adorable, wiggly little second graders. <laughs> and it, it's a lot of fun. Um, it is a lot of work, but it's good. It's a good opportunity. And they're doing their, their local history program in the second grade. So that really uh, complements that. Um, we have, have, have had events for Bertha Day, where we'll have a free museum day, where um, we've even had chairs out in front of the museum. We're right at the starting point for the, for the parade. So we'll have chairs out front where people can come and join us with their coffee, with their Danish or, or their burrito or whatever, and watch the parade. Uh, the crowds are really small. On, on uh, in the 200 block of Mountain Avenue. So the viewing is great. Uh, then we've got our four concerts. We have a membership barn social in June. Um, I'm trying not to forget anything here because we do do a lot. We have our Pioneer Heritage Gala in August where we, um, it's our biggest fundraiser of the year. It sort of caps off the summer. Uh, we'll have a catered meal. We have musical entertainment. Uh, we will award two, two awards to um, outstanding community members who've made a difference in, in birthed history and in preserving birthed history. We go into Oktoberfest, which, again, is just a lot of fun. But we have, yeah. we have seen, I want to say, upwards of 600 people at Oktoberfest at the, at the booth. Nice. So... Maybe for those of us that are new to the community, how many museums are here in Bertha? Well, that's a that's an interesting question. I'll try and make this <laughs> short. We have our main campus, our main museum campus, which is at 224 Mountain Avenue. And at that location, we have our Bimson building. It's an 1893 Blacksmith building. We have the Carlson building, which houses a small exhibit space, collection space for, for archival and then um, that's where my office space is. Those two buildings are connected by a, a beautiful wrought iron um, fence that was made here in Berthoud. Uh, the Carlson building is pretty well known because it's got a, just a great mural on the front of it. But what so many people don't realize is that behind those two buildings and behind the windmill that they do see, we have all sorts of space and that's where we have our, our pioneer concerts. So in that space, we have a 1916 uh, one-room uh, schoolhouse that was moved from Carter Lake. Wow. Moved to Carter Lake and then moved to Masonville and then moved back to Berthoud. <laughs> so it's been a few places, but it, it, it's in great shape. Um, we have that on for exhibit space in the summer. We also use it for um, his, history day camp. Uh, we have our observatory, which houses the uh, John Bunyan Telescope. And we have stargazing events there, weather permitting, um, once a month in the summertime. We have our Pioneer Cabin, which was built by Charles Mining in, I want to say, 1873-74. That one was moved here also literally log by log and reconstructed. Wow. 
And that's a real treat to see because you can see where the, the logs have been hand hewn. Mm. And then uh, next to that, we have uh, the Bimson barn, which was also moved in. So we've got a lot going on. The yeah. Bimson barn is where the, uh, the Sunnyside stage is for our courtyard events. And we've, we've had upwards of over 200 people in the courtyard for concerts in the past. So we, and it doesn't feel tight. It still feels, you're close to the music, you're close to everybody. Um, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot more space there than it looks like. Our other museum is the McCarty Fickle Historic Home, and that's located over on 7th Street. It's a 1916 Denver Square style home. Beautiful example of that. It's got uh, just lovely quarter sawn oak, and architecturally, it's, it's just a real gem. Uh, it was built uh, by Dr. D.W. McCarty and his wife, Jenny Fagan McCarty. They raised their children there, and then uh, their daughter, Helen McCarty Fickle, and her husband, Doc Fickle, who were very active in the community, raised their children there also. Wow. And so our, our museums, are they open most of the time? Or what, is, what does that look like? Our current hours, and it seems like everything comes back to COVID. <laughs> it, it has made some changes. It really, like it has for everybody else. Our current hours are Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. That's for the, uh, the, it's the Little Thompson Valley Pioneer Museum. It's a long name. That's the one on Mountain <laughs> Avenue, the Pioneer Museum. Uh, the McCarty Fickle House is open for tours, but it's by appointment. Okay. Because we just currently don't have the staffing and don't really have the need to have somebody on site all the time. Yeah. How would someone go about making one of those appointments? You can call me and leave a message at the museum. It's 970-532-2147. That's great. So, I mean, I know as you walk around downtown, there's other historic homes and, mm -hmm. and things like that around town. What are some just kind of interesting historical facts uh, about Bertha that people may not know? Um, I love to talk about Bertha and Bertha buildings and Bertha history. We <laughs> have quite a few buildings that were moved when... Um, when the town moved from Old Berthoud, which is about a mile and a half south of here on the river, when the town moved to the, to the present location, some of those buildings were put on wheels uh, during the winter of 1883-84 and were moved up here and are still in use. Uh, one of them is the, um, it's the barrel room at the City Star Brew Pub. Yeah. So that's a good example. Um, we have a few houses that, that are rumored to have been moved up the hill. Uh, you know, it's not as simple as just just moving your, your house up the hill. But when you don't have a lot of infrastructure, you don't have the electrical, you don't have the plumbing and everything, it, it's not as difficult, I, yeah. I, I assume. And I'm assuming that was probably with horses drawn? Horses, draft animals, yes. That's great. And it was, so it was moved town to only a mile? It's about a mile and a half. If you okay. were to go south from the roundabout, it's about a mile, mile and a half to get to where um, Road 15 and the river intersect each other, and that is generally the location of Old Berthoud. It, it, it extended a little bit farther. You know, it followed the river, but uh, that was Old Berthoud. You know, there's a, a special piece of Berthoud history in my family where my in-laws live on the old Wyckoff farm. Okay. Uh, and I know either in the archives or on display, you guys have the deed to that house, which is signed by Ulysses S. Grant. Mm -hmm. It was a, originally a stagecoach stop, you know, and that's 
it's just fascinating to me that, that right here in Berthoud we have that level of history. It is, you know, I think sometimes we look at small towns and we just think nothing ever really happened there. It's just a small town. Nobody comes, nobody stays, nothing happens. But when you start to look into the history and you start to dig into the story, there are so many more layers to what does happen in a small town. And I think uh, a lot of Berthoud's original intent was um, just to have a good, good community, a good agricultural community, a good place to, to raise your family. And you can really see that intention carry through over the years. Yeah. yeah. I would say that's, that's the thing that everyone keeps mentioning on this podcast is that they love Berthoud for mm-hmm. the community, the small town feel, and the, the community that still lives from, mm-hmm. you know, when Berthoud was first founded. And, uh, you know, one of the other interesting things about Berthoud is where we are located along the Front Range with the Little Thompson River and the Big Thompson River, um, this site was in a prime location for Native American tribes to, um, to hunt, to... to um, spend the summers, good spot for that. Um, it was also a, a prime location for stagecoaches, for cattle drives. You know, all, all the cattle drive movies that we watched when we were little went right through Berthet on their way to, to Wyoming, either because they were going on to, to Montana or because they were going to the Transcontinental Railroad. Wow. wow. Yeah, and, and wanting to preserve that small community, I think it is important that we we recognize the history of mm-hmm. all that and share that with all the new community members moving in. I agree. So how, how can someone go about getting involved in helping, helping preserve and, and educate everyone on the history of Berthoud? Well, we're always open for volunteers. And of, of course, you know, I have to put a plug in here that we are also always open for donations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we are a nonprofit and um, that's always welcome. But what we have really turn to with with COVID limiting the amount of um, in-person visits, we're going more online and taking advantage of the internet. So we have, uh, we received funding just this past summer for a uh, virtual tours of the museum program. And that those will be short videos, roughly five minutes long or so, right around there, that focus on different elements of, of what the museums have to share. And that encompasses all sorts of aspects of, of Berthoud's history. Uh, we already have one that's ready to go. Um, you can see it on YouTube, or you can go to our website and um, see it there. And what is your website? It's berthoudhistoricalsociety.org. Great. Okay. And we, um, we weren't able to have our second grade tours in the spring, so we began looking at a way to continue that education, that local history story for the second graders, um, but remotely. So what we did was we had a, a, just a, a brilliant summer intern this year from CSU, a graduate student who uh, developed an educational primer for us. And oh. that's also available on our website. Uh, we have hard copies for people, for students who don't have uh, internet access. And then the uh, online versions are interactive. Very cool. So we're doing everything that we can to reach out in whatever new way we can. And of course, uh, you know, we have our Facebook page, and I put a, a post, a post or two every week on there that shares a photograph or some kind of local history tidbit. That's great. 
Yeah, and I, I look forward to those. So I'm glad to hear that's that. That's great. <laughs> I, I enjoy doing them. It's funny, sometimes I find myself stumped that I just can't think of what am I, what am I going to post this week <laughs> when I have just this bonanza of all sorts of things that I can yeah. share. <laughs> well, that's great. What is one of your favorite things about the birth of community? Well, I think I'm probably going to echo everybody else. Um, you know, there are so many things that I really do like about Berthoud. Uh, I, th I think it probably comes back to the size. Um, I grew up in a small community. We moved here from an even smaller community than Berthoud 21 years ago and raised our kids. Um, it, it was a good place to raise the kids. They went through, through school all the way, um, preschool through high school. They're now both in college, but... You know, I like the fact that I can walk down the street and see faces that I either know or recognize. Um, I just, I think it all comes back to the small size. Thank you for listening to the Experience Birthed podcast and be sure to check out the Birthed Historical Society and the museums. You can find all that information in the show notes. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>